Hallelujah. Indeed, hallelujah unto him. No one deserves it but him. Every waking moment of your life, every day of your life, remember to say hallelujah unto him. Even when words fail you, you cannot forget hallelujah. Just say it to him, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He's God Almighty. He deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. No one else but him. He's God. He's the unchanging God, the unchangeable God. He lives out, outside of time. He created the world, the creator. He was, he is, and is to come. He's outside of time. There was nothing before him, and there is nothing after him. He was, he is, and is to come. He's God Almighty. For that alone, you should say hallelujah every waking moment. You see, big as he is, he still chose us in spite of who we are. Do you think God doesn't know what you did yesterday? You think he hasn't seen what you've done today? And he doesn't know what you do tomorrow? He knows it all. Nevertheless, you see, when you have a sentence and you have nevertheless following, or you have but following, it means all those words or sentences preceding are nullified. They are canceled. In spite of my sin, I chose you. You are a sinner, or you were a sinner. But I chose you. He's chosen us to love us. He's chosen us in spite of who we are, in the midst of all our faults. Because you see, we are mortal beings and we all have faults, don't we? We do, I do, I have a lot of faults. I don't know about you. Perhaps you are pure, you are pious, very holy, sanctimonious. You have no faults, but I do. And I come to Jesus in humility in my sinful state, in my fault, fault state, state of fault, I come to him. And you know what he does? He doesn't see me for who I am. He sees the finished work of Christ. See, I'm covered by the blood. So he can't actually see that. All he sees is the blood covering me. That precious blood. That blood that was shed for us on the cross at Calvary. That blood sets us free. It delivers. It washes. It cleanses whiter than snow. If you think of it, how can blood, which is red, cleanse till it's pure, as white as snow? It's going to stain. It will stain. Blood will stain. But you see, this is not just ordinary blood. It's God blood. And God blood can be anything God chooses it to be. You see, when Moses, <laughs> interesting, he had issues. He was afraid, ran away from Egypt. And the same God who knew what Moses had done and had run away chose to send him back. God is not afraid of the issues or the circumstances or the situations. He knows them all well. But in spite of that, he chooses to take us there and says, that's why Psalm 23 says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You see, and even in the midst of those challenges, those challenging difficulties, right in front, underneath the eyes of your staunch enemies, he prepares, he lays a table before us. He doesn't fear them. He knows what he's capable of doing. And that's our God. He's God Almighty. 
no matter what, no matter the situation, he will take us through. He will lead and guide us every step that we take. Malachi 3 says, 6 verse 6 says, I am the Lord, I change not. He doesn't change. Situations don't face him. He knows them. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. You see, God is outside time. So for God, yesterday, today, and tomorrow are all one. There's no distinction. No distinction. But with us, you see, finite human beings. It's interesting. Human beings go through change. God doesn't. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is why, you see, for human beings, there are times and seasons. We have times and seasons. Um, we have seasons, summer, spring, autumn, winter. And I'm sure when I say that, maybe some of, some of you are gritting your teeth or shivering by, at the mention of winter because we know for the last few days it's been very cold. I have been freezing. You know, it's a kind of cold that really gets to your bones. You're just wondering, is the heating actually on? Yes, the, and I'm saying the heating is on full blast, but you hardly feel it. And one thing that really an, annoys me at this time, about this time of year is the profit that British gas and the other gas companies make. They don't care. They whack up the prices, and you turn up your heating, and you pay them some money. It makes them very happy, and it makes me unhappy because I have to part with all that money to give to them. But that's life. You see, but even there, it lasts through the winter. And then comes spring, things change. Things change. You use less and less and less of it. Summer, you hardly touch it. But you see, that's human nature. We go through these phases, these seasons, these times. And God is constant in spite of all these things. That's why you see for all human beings, there's a time to be born, a time to grow, a time to die. And when you die, what? You spend eternity with him. Amen. Human beings go through these phases. God is the same. He's not affected by these changes of phases at all. So you see, if we have the constancy, the constant God who's there and doesn't change, you go through those changing times, those revolving doors, those times and seasons that seem so difficult. What you need to be doing, that in spite of all those things, you're here one minute, there the next, and over there another time. What you need to do is to focus on the unchanging God. No matter where you are, stay focused and keep looking in that direction. For it's by looking in that direction that you can be sure of that constancy. You can be sure of your, your survival, your success. And success isn't just about, or should I say wealth? Success, okay, I use the same interchangeably. Success isn't just about you doing well in school and getting all the A grades or the A star grades. You may well get B grades, but then you're successful. Successful in the Lord because the Lord makes sure that everything that you do is according to his plan, is according to his will, is according to his purpose. And no matter what, he will not make sure that you don't deviate from that. You stay. You stay in, your, in the will of God for your life. That is success. The world doesn't define success that way. But you see, whose report will you believe? 
we believe the report of the Lord, not what the world says. Because you see, the world is funny. They change their minds all the time. One minute it is this, the next minute it's not. I mean, I've, I've read around and you see it in the news, all that's going on. One minute um, meat or fat isn't good for you. And then a few months down the line, oh, it's actually very good. There's good fat, there's bad fat. It's all these kinds of things. Because what is it? They don't know. Amen. They just don't know. But you see, if we rely on our constant God, who doesn't move, he doesn't change, our focus stays there. No matter where we are in life, what season of life in which we are, we need to look there and lock in. It's like having an antenna, being locked in there. So no matter how you spin, you're still locked in and you're seeing and hearing. That's our God. That's the God we serve and the God we know. I think about three, four weeks ago, when the glory people were here, I mentioned briefly that um, Janice and I were going through issues. She's, she lost her dad just before Christmas. What a time. What a time. Sad time. But again, what do you do? Do you say that the world has come to an end? Has everything got to stop? Or do you say, yes, that is gone. Sad as it is. We will mourn. We will grieve. But we will not forget one thing. We know he's gone to a better place. We know where he's gone to. We know who he's gone to. He's gone to his maker. So that's a good thing. Yes, so we cried, we wailed, we made noise, back at loads of tears, and so on and so forth. But through it all, we stood. We remembered our maker. And in the midst of our crying, we put worship songs on. And you know what those worship songs did? We worship that. You see, they changed the atmosphere. They changed the atmosphere in the home. They changed the atmosphere. Then we began to flow with those worship songs. We began to flow with those songs. And soon we're singing along with those songs and we're flowing with it. We didn't forget our God. In spite of the change that had happened, we didn't forget. We still focused. Because in worshiping, in praising, it is he that we're directing that to. And in that moment, he remembered. You see, he is the one who comforts the comfortless. Mourn with those who mourn. And we are to celebrate with those who celebrate too. We've gone through it. You see, and we've stood because we know whom we believed. We know whom we serve. He's God Almighty. There is none like him. You see, Psalm 103, verse 17. 103 verse 17 says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto, his, unto children's children. So you see, it's generational. It's interesting how God blesses and does things generationally. It's not just about you or no, is it about me. It's about us and those following God does all those things. He lifts things and he makes sure it's generational so that it is established because he wants to establish his will and his purpose in our lives. And not just our lives, but in the lives of so many others down the line in, in generations to come. And Numbers 23, 19 tells us, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it and shall he not do it? Or has, he, has he spoken 
and shall he not make good? You see, God's word is guaranteed. It's like putting a deposit in your account. And that deposit is valid for any situation, for any time. No matter the debt, if you will owe five pounds, you may owe a thousand pounds, you may owe a million pounds. That deposit covers it all. No matter what, that deposit covers everything. That's guaranteed. That's the God that we need to stand with and stand on. We never should forget his word. Because in the midst of the trials, it says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, you see, that's, that's a word that we must not take out, take out from there at all. That's guaranteed. That's guaranteed. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And as we went through these challenges also, we just had to go through scriptures. And Isaiah 40, 31 comes to mind. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You see, it's not in our strength that we can overcome, but in the strength of the Lord. Do you remember when Elijah prayed that there will be no rain in Israel? And later on, he prayed that there will be rain. And just as he saw the cloud coming, he warned the king. The king was riding his chariot with two, drawn by two horses. And yet, you see, this is in the natural, this is not possible. A human being cannot outrun a horse, let alone two. It's not possible. So the king, Ahab, rode a chariot drawn by two horses. And yet the man of God, Elijah, ran and ran past, faster than those horses and the chariot and the king. Do you think it was in his own strength? Nah, never. Never, never, never is the strength of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord carrying him. Amen. So you see, when we have those challenges, we shouldn't think we can do it in our own strength. It's not possible. We need to turn around to him. We need to focus on him. And it is he who will lead us through. It is he who will garrison, that's envelop us and protect us from all situations, from all evils. That's the God we serve. We have a God who never fails. He knows you. He knows me. He knows my name. He knows your name. Don't think he doesn't know your name. It's a very personal relationship. Amen. It's not just, oh, oh yeah, that's, uh, oh, what's his name again? No. <laughs> you know how sometimes you can forget names of people? You just scratch it. Um, yeah. Is, that, is he John or is he Mark? Um, you're trying to remember. He doesn't forget. He knows your name. You see, I say something, and it may seem like an oxymoron, or it may seem like a contradiction. On the one hand, I'm saying God doesn't forget. On the other, I'm saying he, for, he forgets your sins. Yeah, ha. That's the God. He doesn't forget. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. He knows the hair, every single hair on your eyebrow. 
not just your head, every single one. No, sorry, I didn't mean me, but those who have, yes, sorry. No, actually, if you think of it, I still have hair. No, you, but you see, you're not seeing it. What are you seeing? You got to believe to see it. You see, you, you have to believe to see it. You've got to believe to see it. But the reason I'm saying that, you see, even though it looks this way, it's got roots. The follicles are there. So, you see, the root is there. So, all you need to do is fertilize it for it to come out. Yes, but, and God knows every single root there. So, you see, he does know it. <laughs> so, he knows everything about us. Every single thing. We can't hide anything from him. But you see, in spite of all that, and you see, he knows what we're going to do tomorrow or say tomorrow. Some of it may be wrong. Others will be fine. But in spite of that, he hasn't said he's withdrawing from us because, oh, he's going to do the wrong thing or she's going to say the wrong thing. No, 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 no. In spite of that, he says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. He still holds us and loves us because, you see, he's covered us with that precious blood. So doesn't see that sin. Doesn't see that wrongdoing. It doesn't see that wrong talk. What he sees is the blood covering you. The blood, the blood. We mustn't joke with the blood. We must plead the blood in every situation, every day of our lives. The blood, the blood, it delivers, it sets free. It flows from the highest mountain to the lowest valley. The blood, the blood, the blood. It overshadows, it cleanses, it makes whole. It destroys every yoke, every weapon. It sets free, that blood sets free. The blood of Jesus. There's nothing like the blood. Nothing like the blood. So the unchanging God, the unchanging God with the changing man, because man goes through times and seasons. You're born, like I said earlier on. We're born, baby, toddler. And you know the interesting thing? Hmm. The sinful nature of man. Have you actually tried to deal with children, perhaps... Hmm, three, four, five, six. And you wonder, where did that come from? Where did they do, how did they learn this? It's natural because you see, man is born into sin. Man is of a sinful nature. And it will amaze you at how little children can tell those small lies. Even when you've seen them, caught them right in the midst of it, they tell you, no, I didn't do it. Where did that come from? Nobody's taught them that. It's a natural thing. And that's why Jesus died for us, to set us free, to deliver us, to make us whole, to draw us closer to him. That's what the blood does. That's what it does for us. It delivers and sets free. There's a time for everything. There's a season for everything, every activity under the heavens. There's nothing like him. Sinful man, even little children, know how to walk in the wrong. Nobody teaches them, but, but they're born with it and they grow with it. That is why we need to turn to the Lord to make us whole, to cleanse us, to draw us back unto himself, to love us in spite of who we are, in spite of what, we done, what we've done, in spite of our nature, to love us, to love us, to love us. 
But you see, his unchangeableness is good for us because he's constant. That constancy makes sure that in spite of all that is going on, we are focused. We are locked in on him. We need to lock in on him. Lock in and stay there. For there's nothing better than in the, the presence of Jesus. There's nothing better than creating that environment wherever you are and saying, God, I avail myself unto you. Use me. You see, God can use anything. He can use anyone. Do you remember at some stage he said he can call stones to praise him? He can do it. And there was this prophet. Was it Balaam? Balaam? I can't remember the name now. Where the donkey spoke? Can you imagine that? I would have freaked out. How can a donkey speak? But that's the God that we serve. See, he can make it do anything. Make the impossible possible. And there's nothing like him. You see, <clears throat> um, Psalm 30, verse 11 to 12. Psalm 30, verse 11. 3, 0, 11 to 12. Whenever you're low, whenever challenges come along, you can call upon him and he will guide you. Let me get to this before I even read. You see, these days, um, it's interesting how the world is changing. Being constant in a changing world isn't easy. It takes a lot of strength from the Lord to see you through. Remember, um, growing up, well, I'm still growing anyway. Growing up, when we had the Bible, I remember um, my mom's uh, and her friend's Bibles, you know those huge ones? And then they became smaller. Then I remember I used the NIV, which was about that thick. Now that's my Bible. And have several versions of it. It's interesting. What excuse do we have for not going into the Word now? What's our excuse? None whatsoever. There are several versions of the Bible here on this phone. Several versions. I can go for King James Version, New King James Version, the English Standard Version, NIV, you name it. There's something called Catholic, whatever, whatever. There's Amplified, you name it. Whatever version is there. And you see, this is in my pocket every day wherever I go. What's the excuse for not knowing the word or reading the word? There's none. There's none. There is none. That's the Bible here, the whole Bible in there with several versions. And you see the interesting thing, at first I struggled with this in the sense that you're used to the Bible, actually feeling it, holding it, perhaps putting it on your armpit here or holding it like that, but then you can't carry it everywhere with you, that's swinging, yeah, I can't, there, there he comes again, yeah, there he comes again, there he comes again. Uh, the Bible basher. He's come to bash us with his Bible. <laughs> but these days, we do the same thing. Not in that manner with a big book under our armpits or in our hands here, but in this form. Almost everybody has this. We have, I have several versions of the Bible here. So you can go anywhere, sit on the tube, on the train, the bus, wherever you are. Or even the interesting thing. It's got the audio version. So, as you walk along, you know these days how everybody's plugged in and zoned in? Not, 
it's interesting how we seem to <laughs> have everything and yet we have nothing in terms of relationships. We are also zoned in, not thinking or caring about the next, but just zoned in, focused on our own little virtual world when we should actually be dealing with the real world. It's interesting. You can flow with that for a while. You pick that, you press your Bible, it's on audio. You're listening to scripture. So as all the battles, as all things are going on around you, you're listening to scripture, which is washing and cleansing your mind, which is encouraging you, which is building you up. You can have the audio. And the interesting thing, I realized that I could do a lot more. I can highlight, I can underline, I can select certain verses as favorites, and it stays, it's kept as favorites. So you go in, scroll through, you see the favorites, and then you just look at those, and then use those scriptures for every situation. You know, there's scripture for every situation. Use them. It took me a while to want to use it this way, because the mind is thinking, oh, okay, the Bible has to be a book, hardcover, you can hold, you can feel. Then you can actually write in the margins, you can underline, highlights. We've been there, done that. You have the pink, you have yellow and green highlights. You have the same here. With this, you have even more colors to highlight particular verses of the Bible. You can underline and you can save those as favorites. You just click on it, those favorites just come through. Scroll through, pick which one you want to look at. That's the Bible. That's the world we've moved on to. But you see, it's a better world for us in the sense that this is on tap 24-7. Wherever you are, small enough and, and compact enough to contain several encyclopedias. That's the Bible. That's the world we've moved into. How did I get there? I don't know how I got there. Because I did say we're going to look at scripture, didn't I? Um, and it was Romans, was it Romans? Romans 12. Psalm 30, I beg your pardon. Psalm 30. Psalms 30. 11 to 12, is it? Yeah, 11 to 12. You turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. You see, this is telling me something here. That in spite of all those challenging times and situations, the God did not forget. It says, he removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. So in the midst of that challenging situation or time, he still clothed us with joy. Are we taking, picking on that mantle of joy? Or do we want to wallow in our self-pity state or difficult state and focus on the things that haven't gone right, but rather on the God that is right? Are we focusing on the God that is right or on the things that haven't gone right? That's the choice we have to make. I know the choice that I have made and the choice that I'll continue to make. And as he clothes us with joy, we begin to sing in our hearts because he turns those things around. We don't see those things anymore. As we radiate with the joy of the Lord, 
we begin to praise and to lift up his name. And his joy becomes our strength. As we are strengthened, we are able to lift up his name even more and more. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to your name. For you see, Psalm 42, 11 also tells us, For I know my God will break through for me. Is that what we tell ourselves when the challenges come? We have to make those confessions and believe them and stand on them. For I know my God will break through for me. Yes, weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. You see, the midnight hour or nighttime doesn't last forever. It's only for a period, a defined period. And after that, the morning comes. So it's simply a metaphor telling us the situation in which you find yourself is only temporary. Because before you know it, it's going to turn around. God hasn't forgotten you. He knows your name. He knows my name. And he turn, he's in the business of turning things around, making things good for us. That's the God that we serve. So in every day of our lives, we should remember to say this to our God. Mighty and loving king, because he's king. He's king of all kings and lord of all lords. We must tell him that we consciously look up to him and make a quality decision to place our hope and our confidence in him. You see, arm of flesh, the Bible says arm of flesh will fail you. If you depend on human beings, they let you down sometimes. Sometimes deliberately, other times they just can't do it. And so human beings let you down. But if we place our hope and confidence in our God, he will never let us down. He will never fail us. You see, we have a God who never fails. He will never, 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 never fail us. He's God Almighty, and there is none like him. There's none holy as our God and our King. Jesus, we love you. We glorify you. We lift up your name. As I was preparing this message, I was searching out scriptures and asking the Lord to use me. Because, you see, it's not just about <clears throat> us standing here and talking. But you see, that talk must be targeted. There may be just one individual here that God is speaking to today. I don't know. But whatever comes out is taken by the Holy Spirit and targeted to an individual or individuals. So my prayer is always I hear him. Always I do what he says. And that that word is lining up with his purpose for that morning. That's what you have to do. And you see, as, as I did this, I was looking for scriptures and also for songs. Because sometimes these worship songs speak a lot. They have a lot of meaning. And a lot of it is scripture-based. You see, I was looking at a song by um, Andre Crouch, Crouch of Blessed Memory. He says, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There's been times I didn't know right from wrong. 
But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. My trials come only to make me strong. They're not meant to take us down. They come to make us strong. Sometimes we want to get away from those trials, don't we? That's the human nature. But it's come to sharpen us, to strengthen us. It's like, let's put it this way. Before you become an athlete or a footballer, there's a lot involved. There's training, there's eating well, eating properly, sleeping properly and doing all the right and taking instruction. If you don't do all these things, you cannot become a good footballer. You cannot be. So there's a lot that goes through. And that's what these tests and trials do. They come to sharpen us. They come to equip us. They come to prepare us. Because, you see, sometimes God doesn't take us down a certain route, the route that we expected. You find that you may go, there's a lot of detour, and you're thinking, no, God, no, 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 we shouldn't be going there, I shouldn't be going there, it should be that way. But he knows what he's doing. He's probably removing us from an issue that we're probably not prepared for at that particular moment. So he takes us elsewhere to prepare us. And when that challenge comes, we are strong enough to withstand because you see, the scripture says, haven't done all to stand. You stand your ground. You see, so Andre Crouch was saying, trials may only make me strong.